0: Let freedom ring this afternoon at 2 with Sean Hannity. Right before Joe Walsh at 5 on AM 560, The Answer. 5 in the morning,
1: Dan and Amy. The uh, Chicago mayoral primary is uh, already just about six weeks away. I know. Comes up on you fast. Uh, and uh, obviously, crowded field. We're trying to get to all of the candidates who want to be gotten to and give them a chance to address some of the issues to our friends and listening audience, and though, you know, we're a center-right audience disproportionately. Uh, by the way, in a field of 20 candidates, Every where it's a vote. race to 15 percent, <laughs> um, you know. Every
2: vote counts, and Republicans vote. You cannot alienate Republicans the in small, this
1: race. It may be a small percentage, but it turns out to be disproportionately impactful this time around because of the size of the field. And uh, so let's get right to our next guest. He is Gary Chico and he is a candidate for mayor. Gary, thanks for joining us again. Appreciate it.
0: Nice to be with you again.
1: So let me start uh, nationally, because, of course, national affects local and vice versa. Uh, under uh, Mayor Rahm Emanuel, Chicago was uh, declared a Trump-free zone. And I wonder, uh, under uh, Mayor Gary Chico, if Chicago would remain a Trump-free zone, whatever that means.
0: Well, well, I thank you for having me, first of all. Uh, I've gone on record as saying I'm, for sanctuary city, I mean, my own roots are immigrant roots here to this to this city to this country, and uh, I'm going to continue that policy.
1: But well, why? Well, well, well but, but even before wait, but even before we get to the discussion of sanctuary city, Trump free zone. In other words, you know, uh, there are federal resources that uh, that that could, could be received by the city of Chicago to do things like arrest and prosecute violent criminals. Other benefits that uh, come with a relationship with D.C., of course, you understand this. So this uh, this sort of demagoguery of Trump free zone to score cheap political points is my question.
0: Mm -hmm. Well, I, I would work with the federal administration for things that Chicago needs. I mean, for example, I'm still waiting for the infrastructure help that we were promised. We've got a lot of work to do in this city with roads, bridges. Even schools, I'd like to expand it to try to help build and rebuild our schools. So to the extent that we need to work with the federal government to make those things happen for our city and make our city better, you're darn right I'll be in there. I just saw Governor-elect J.B. Pritzker sitting next to President Trump because I think he, he lives the same philosophy.
2: So Paul Vallis, your former co-worker, I know you work together you at the Board of Education. He was the CEO of CPS. He is saying that he thinks you should step down from the race. Susanna Mendoza should step down for the race, Preckwinkle and Bill Daley, all because of your ties to Ed Burke.
0: Well, first of all, uh, we're going to let the voters decide who should be the next mayor of Chicago. I think the next mayor of Chicago is going to come from one of four people. It's going to come from either me, Tony Preckwinkle, Bill Daley, or Susanna Mendoza. And that's how I see the field shaking out. So we're going to let the people of the city decide who they want their next mayor to be.
1: What about Chicago's party aunt? Do you think that he has a chance <laughs> at, at all? Who, who, Sh- say, no, who no. that? It's a Twitter account. Never mind. You've got more important things to consider. <laughs> uh, so but, but, but on this issue of Ed Burke, I mean. Uh, what is your reaction? you're familiar with Ed Burke. He's- you were at that
2: sure. fundraiser for Tony Preckwinkle at his house back in when she ran for Cook County Board president.
1: So describe That's- your your relationship and your reaction to Ed Burke's legal troubles?
0: Well, Ed Burke's been a friend of mine for many years. i worked for him in the city council finance committee and uh, obviously I'm disturbed by the the allegations and the criminal complaint, and um, you know nobody can nobody condones that behavior. On the other hand, obviously there's some things we need to take a look at in terms of ethics reform in the city council, the number one being aldermanic prerogative. If you look at most of the source of the problems uh, with with the uh, behavior, the bad behavior of aldermen and other officials, but mostly aldermen, it's been this aldermanic prerogative, whether it's the ability to hold up a zoning change, a liquor license, a permit of some kind. That's got to be looked at, and we have to make some reforms right then and there because that's the source of this problem.
1: Well, that second level of feudal lords called the city council are not going to be happy if you want to do away the feudal system, are they?
0: Well, that doesn't matter. I mean, we have to do right by the citizens, right? I mean, this this is about government for the people, not the other way around. Uh, I'm not saying that the aldermen wouldn't have a voice in matters affecting their wards. That would That would be absurd. On the other hand, having final authority over whether a permit's granted, I don't think that's proper anymore. I mean, if somebody needs a, a driveway permit to get in and out of their restaurant or their building, that's something that anybody with, with a proper set of criteria can decide, and they ought to, frankly, be going pretty quickly uh, as long as public safety is protected. And you
2: had no idea that Alderman Ed Burke was shaking down business owners in his ward?
0: No, not at all. Do,
1: does it surprise you to learn that he is alleged to have done that?
0: Yes. Yes. I am surprised to hear that. That's that's not the Ed Burke that I knew for so many years uh, Hmm. uh, that I worked with. I mean, I've seen him do an awful lot of good in this city. And I I think that behavior is just is just uh, very surprising to me.
1: Well, I mean, but but you're a worldly man and particularly a worldly man as it pertains to (laughs) Chicago and Illinois politics. How does somebody amass twelve million dollars in campaign cash with relatively by the you know, the the modern measures small donations spread across a lot of people over 50 years if there's not frankly an endemic pay-to-play ethos in terms of how he operates
0: well i don't see a pay-to-play ethos i mean i think a lot of people uh, have worked with this alderman and worked with alderman burke over 50 years you got to remember the time you're talking about here's a half a century mm-hmm. uh so after that period of time anybody in office uh could could amass a fairly large war chest uh, but pay to play. I've never had that experience with the alderman.
1: What about uh, just going back to the systemic issues like you were talking about, my characterization of the feudal system of, of city government? Mm-hmm. Uh, what about the issue of these inherent conflicts at Burke as a property tax appeals attorney and other does other legal matters? Uh, Mike Madigan, one would argue writing property mm-hmm. tax law and be a property tax appeals attorney seems conflictual. Uh, what about addressing those matters?
0: Well, I think you go right to the I think there's two matters that you need to deal with, first and foremost, to get to the to the heart of what we see in these ethics violations. One, I talked about the automatic prerogative being readdressed. I think the other one is property tax assessments. I mean, I, I, I've been on record, you can even see my commercials right now, talking about giving working families a break from, from these taxes that they're being hit with, and one of those taxes is property taxes, and if you look at, it's, it's basically... Whether it's corrupt or completely inept, we can we can debate it. But we've got skyscrapers, commercial skyscrapers downtown that are assessed at half of what of what they're being sold for. That means that when that skyscraper downtown isn't paying its fair share, it's rolling down to other properties, primarily residential out in the neighborhoods. I've called for that to be looked at deeply, and I'm hoping that Fritz Kagey, who was elected on that very platform, delivers on what he said he would do there. We need to get these assessments straight, and when we do that, we're going to see a lot less uh, of an impulse for people to challenge their property taxes.
1: No, I think that's fair. Now, just remember, though, one carve-out. Just make sure to continue to keep Luis Gutierrez's home off the rolls. I mean, I think that's the <laughs> least he's owed after all these years.
2: So how do you think you're going to generate revenue for the city of Chicago? Are you for casinos? Are you call you know for legalization of marijuana? What's your plan? Sure.
0: Uh, I've I've gone on record as, as supporting a number of things. I was I think I was the first candidate to support the legalization of marijuana. I see it coming in Illinois. I saw it, what happened in Michigan. Uh, we're now in a race to market, and I'm hoping that J.B. Pritzker in the Illinois legislature gets about this quickly with the proper safeguards so that we don't we don't have the wild west here. But I want Chicago to have its fair share of that tax revenue because we're going to be a driver, just like we are for a lot of things in the state of Illinois. I've urged the city. I've urged that the city own a casino, uh, have it properly and professionally managed, that could be hundreds of millions of dollars in new revenue to the city of Chicago, along with another hundred plus million in tax revenue from legalizing marijuana. But let's not forget that we have to attack the waste in this city too. We've had an infrastructure trust on the books for seven, eight years right now at 2 million bucks a year. And 2 million may not sound like a lot, but it is a lot. Add up the, the amount of people that pay taxes to support that. We've had this infrastructure trust on the books, $2 bucks a year. It's delivered nothing. When I ran in 2011, I said, can we afford an independent clerk and an independent treasurer? They haven't done anything in their entire history. Susanna Mendoza fought me on that at the time, and it cost us 9 to $10 bucks a year that I think we wasted over the last eight years. It's $100 bucks. I mean, we have to take a good, hard look at this stuff and, and really go at the heart of the matter so that we can – Have the money to pay for the things that we think are important, like a proper level of police officers, detectives to get at this unsolved homicide problem that we have in this city. So it's not just a matter of generating new revenue, which I want to do without without hurting the working families in this city again. They're just there's another brick and another brick and another brick being put on their back. People can't take it anymore. Now we're hearing about what, 30 cents a gallon in gasoline? I mean, that's five, six bucks a tank for somebody who might have to drive either for a living or to get their kids to and from. We have to be far more sensitive to what's going on here. I will generate the revenue necessary to run this city. I'll eliminate waste and we'll make this city work again in a way that's fair to working families.
1: But the problem is are those things that you want to fund that are important, and I assume police and fire pensions, for example, would be among them. Sure. Uh, there's a reason Rom wanted to borrow $10 billion going out the door to stave off uh, the capsizing of the police and fire pensions, it's because we're not going to be able to gamble and smoke dope to our way to fully funded public sector pensions. And so when you've got police and fire at 20 percent, I mean, they are death spiraling by any no doubt about it. Any yeah. responsible no doubt about actuary. It. So how do you come up with $35 billion and or start to come up with – Addressing Mm -hmm. the 35 billion dollars in unfunded liabilities with balloon payments scheduled for as soon as next year
0: Well, you've got you've got about a billion new dollars. You got to come up with over the next four years The reason I proposed these and other measures I also proposed a 1.2 percent increase on the real estate transfer tax for homes over a million dollars in the city I'm waiting for the new revenue from sports betting. It's a very dynamic picture I don't think we're gonna get there only with with these measures that i've proposed even with even with cuts to the waste that i see to cuts to the budget with the waste that i see but i'll tell you one thing it's the right impulse to look at monies that aren't going to be on the backs of working families the way we've done over the last four to eight years i want to be really really careful in generating new money that helps solve our problems i'm not saying it's going to get us all the way there but i'll tell you this i think the taxpayers are going to appreciate that somebody's approaching this problem without simply an impulse to increase the property tax there, or but, sales tax. There's a,
1: there's another issue that it, it continues to confound me in terms of its re, the relative indifference with which it's been met. And that is the sex abuse scandal in the Chicago public school system a story over the holidays of a guy who was employed by CPS Uh, accused of molesting children outside of the district, continued to be employed by CPS. Sounds like the teachers union ran cover for him. Certainly that's what the Tribune reporting seemed to indicate. I mean, there needs to be more than just sort of policies and procedures in place to deal with this. What would you do as somebody who uh, was chairman of the CPS board for a time? Mm -hmm. What would you do to address and root out this seeming systemic problem within CPS that's just been unearthed recently by the Tribune?
0: Well, first of all, we give no safe harbor or no cover to any of these people. That's number one. Number two, as you pointed out, you can have all the policies and procedures in the world on the books unless there's an obsessive modeling of behavior from the top that we're not going to accept this and it permeates down through the entire system. You won't get at it. We have to make a system available. Here's what was happening before people people were basically hiding this behavior at the school level and a lot of it wasn't even coming up to the top until the very end we need to make a culture over there and that starts with the modeling of the behavior at the top that makes it wide open for people to report this kind of activity we obviously need to have some systems buttoned up a little bit that that gives us the information on backgrounds of people we're hiring whether they're from illinois or from out of state enable people to make these determinations about whether somebody's fit to be in a classroom uh
2: not only ed burke in court uh on the same day alderman muñoz was in court have you spoken with him since he made his first court appearance
0: no i I haven't spoken with rick muñoz i think it's a very sad situation i know him i know his wife and i'm 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 very sad to see what happened there uh you know I, i don't know where that where that goes in that relationship but uh I think it's just a sad day when, when that happens. And, you know, as Rick has admitted before, I mean, addiction's a powerful thing and it really alters your behavior. And I hope he, he gets the, the help that's necessary to, to straighten out his life.
1: Should he step down?
0: You know, I don't tell any alderman what to do in terms of stepping down. I think that that's a decision that, that he has to make. I mean, if he's going to get treatment for his behavior, I mean, he's only got four months left in his term. Um, that's going to be a decision that he, that he has to make. I mean, obviously if his behavior gets worse or or there's something else that happens that comes out, then, you know, maybe we'll have a different opinion at that time.
1: He is Gary Chico, candidate for mayor. Gary, uh, the website where people can get more information on your campaign?
0: Chicoformayor.com. And we, we take all help we can get. And uh, I, I'm, I'm asking your voters for their support uh, on February 26th. I mean, we need this is a nonpartisan election. I think people ought to look at the candidates and who's reasonable and who they think has the experience. I believe I have the experience to operate this city fairly going forward, and I'd love to have your support.
2: And I have to tell you, I love your new commercials. Those are effective.
0: Oh, good. Thank you, I Amy. Mean, I appreciate it. Very You're
1: much. Already sucking up for a city contract. No, no. <laughs> Gary Chico, <laughs> thanks so much for joining us. We
0: appreciate it. Thank you. Have a good day. And he joined
2: Bye. us on our turnkey.pro Answer line.
0: Hear about the big stories of the day. Then talk about them right here on Chicago's Morning Answer on AM560, The Answer.